the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. Back from holiday, Carrie. Are you okay. on a holiday? Am I on a holiday? No, not quite. <laughs> I was like, why did you? I was like, holiday for Madonna? What are you, what's that about? <laughs> 40 years ago, this September, she came out with this song. Oh, my gosh. I still think it was one of her best hits. I remember hits. that song. Yeah, I oh, like yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we knew, that was before we knew who Madonna was. I, I had the cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I, yeah. So a lot of people bought that album. Oh my gosh, Mark! Do you remember like if you wanted to listen to a song, like you literally had to listen to the radio and have your record button oh, ready? Absolutely. That's like homemade tapes. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. what you did. You waited, you listened to the radio all day, and then as soon as you heard the song, and then you'd stop. Yeah, we'd get so mad at the DJs who would like talk over. Oh the yeah, DJs. or some commercial would cut it short. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So of course, uh, holiday. So who's I? I tell you, I, President Biden, I think, took Madonna's holiday theme to probably. Do you know how many days of vacation they're saying he's had? He's setting it all pr- a presidential record. And we have a lot of stuff going on for him to be taking a lot of days off. They said that in the two and a half years, he's taken 367 days of vacation. Are you kidding me? It's like 40 percent of his time in office. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. But how about Americans themselves? You know, so about 75% say that they're planning or going to take a vacation. Right. Okay. What percentage do you think Carrie actually do? 40? Very good, Carrie. 46. I'm just saying because people, life gets in the way, yeah. things happen. Okay. So this is Financial Food for Thought. Brought to you by the state planning team. Carrie, let's see. I'm, we got economic data, okay. inflation, which might have been cramping a lot of planned vacationers, right. right? Because discretionary spending goes down when inflation on essential expenses are going up. Right. So we're all looking towards that. And boy, I mean, isn't it it's talking about vacationing in Hawaii? I in Hawaii. Terrible news. Oh, yeah. The fires and. What is it, 36 people died? 50, that's up to 55. Is it now? No, we're taping the show on Friday. Um, And and so we'll talk a little bit about the, so we got the CPI and the PPI, you know, the factory gate prices. 
we'll take a look at that. Um, and we're we're getting ready, you know, come back to school. We're getting ready for our fall classes. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the only time we're doing a class this okay. year. And we so and we've been doing classes for decades. And this one is kind of over. It's kind of like the greatest hits, so to speak, right. of all our popular classes in the past. It's kind of a combination. We really don't even have a good name for it. Well, a, I do, the estate Martin. planning team favorite. I don't. What oh, do you call? Oh no, it? I call it the IRA tax qualified and Roth class because it's such a specific issue. And I think, like, it, we used to do retirement planning classes, and it's so broad. And depending on the topic, we never right. get through all the material. And honestly, retirement planning is so different for so many people. I think this issue. There's so much news with the Secure Act. But there were clarification that you Uh, talked about came out with 1.0. There's people don't understand the 2.0. They still people think there's a stretch. I, you know, uh, have questions about the stretch IRA qualified charitable distributions. And I'm amazed how many people still don't know how uh, and we've. Uh, the minimum required distribution tax trap. And we've talked on this show. If you want to listen to um, podcasts over the last three, four weeks previously, listen, talking about this issue. And it's such a big issue that can make a big impact on your retirement years that people need to be aware of. And uh, and that's the class that we're doing in September. And But we also... Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's kind of what I meant. In other words, it's always the same old, same old questions that, right. that new clients have been asking us for thirty years. Right. We've been doing this for thirty six years. The estate planning team. But the idea is every every year in the class we try to bring what has come up. You know, more mm-hmm. recently, like we were just mentioning the Secure Act. You know, Secure Act one was one thing in twenty nineteen. The Secure Act two, Carrie, is even more confusing. Uh, again, they're making it so complex. The right. complexity alone prevents compliance. Well, you think about it. You're saying. saying Secure Act 1 passed in 2019. You talked on the previous shows how there were some clarification on the Secure Act 1.0 because right. there was some confusion that just came out in July. And now we have Secure Act 2, which passed at the end of last year. So is it going to take till 2028 well, there's, for clarification? And, and we've been talking on this show. You can always go back and listen to the podcast. We've been talking on the show about some of the misconfusion or confusion or clarification that everybody is waiting for. So, yeah. or And it's just... It's, it's such just, a big area of missed opportunities and people don't right. do things because they should have, would have, could have. But I think also, Carrie, we're, we're, we've got a theme kind of running, which we'll bring out on these radio shows, or or as well as the class, and and it's it's the idea of this, you know, I guess you know what do you call it, the wealth gap. Um, you know, I don't know if it's so much that it's just that idea that. Um, it, you know, it's, it's the averages, you know, it's how everybody it's 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 sometimes we we call it rookie retirement mistakes. You know, in other mm-hmm. words, this baby boomer more and more every year. You know, next year is going to be the peak where, you know, where the most, you know, baby boomers are turning 65 per day. Right. It's going to be like 12,000 per day. Um, and there's so it, it's all the. The, the mistakes or, or the things you got to watch out for. And, and it's, and it's the DIY internet, you know, the do it yourself internet mm-hmm. that, that's causing, I think, a, not so much confusion, but just the, you know, the, the, the internet's obsessed with telling us what the average is, you know, what, what the right. average or statistics. Yeah. I mean, here's just some of the headlines carry in the last, um, here's how much debt the average American has right now. 
Here's how much the average 60-year-old American holds in retirement savings. Does your nest egg compare? How much money does the average middle-class American household make? I guess if Are you, you want to know. Up? How does your 401k balance compare to the average savers? I could go on but, and on. But not. average, remember the definition is taking the lowest to the highest. But at the bo- end of the day, do... I mean, I guess it's good to be informed that, yeah, Americans are in debt. But at the same time, how does that impact me? Only thing that matters is my debt. Right. And and, and yes. And or, my my 401k balance or what I have in my accounts right. or what I'm spending. And this is what we always say. You know, you, you know, it's not your parents' plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. It's not your coworker's plan. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, the, you, the, you've got to, you know, it's a big country, 350, maybe 360 million people. Uh, there, what does an average mean to anyone, and, and, an individual? And really averages, you think about, Mark, we have two clients that come in that have this exact same estate size. Doesn't mean they have the same goals. Doesn't mean they have the same asset structure. Completely right. different plans. So I think if, if you, but most people, I think, carry drill it down to saying, well, when we're talking about the wealth gap, we're talking about economic status. Right. Um, And whether, and, you know, the idea is that the middle class has been disappearing, right? And and it's continuing to be this wealth gap where you have the very wealthy and the not so wealthy. Mm -hmm. And where's the middle, right? And, And people, so, but even if you still kept it three, let's call it upper middle and lower right. economic status, right? You know, the idea, what I'm trying to bring out at the classes and, and these radio shows is that d- different economic status, okay, means different economical or, or now we'll call it financial planning issues, right? which then leads to different or economic financial planning solutions. Right. And that's what I don't see enough happening in the real planning world out there. That's where, you know, I don't think Monte Carlo analysis is helping. That's where I don't think, you know, or or seeing too much of the cookie cutter approach or just people getting too caught up in the shock lines. Right. And remember, the the shock lines are there for a reason because they want you to read the article. They want you to click on. They want, you know. So it's it's that idea of saying, yeah, crunching numbers is a big part of running an economic financial model or a detailed written financial plan. And and you know, the start of that is really not asking your neighbor how much they're spending in retirement. You you have to kind of figure this out yourself. And everybody has to use the same math. In other words, we can talk about what inflation, and we're going to talk about inflation today because we've got the CPI and the PPI readings. We can talk about uh, breaking down between essential or mandatory living expenses and more of a so-called discretionary expense. Again, I, I don't think the Monte Carlo analysis does a good job at that at all. Not at the fall of the Monte Carlo robot, at the fall of the investment advisors who are running that for you. And and that's what I keep finding is that investment advisors who say, oh, yeah, we'll run a Monte Carlo analysis that, that shows you that you've got an 86% chance of being okay. But when we really, when I have clients bring that in and we drill down, they're not making any really realistic assumptions about the different characteristics of expenses. They, they just went right over it. Mm-hmm. They, they just sugarcoated it. And just say, and what about future taxes? I mean, 
Well, the, that well, some of the robots have that, Gary. Right, but, but they also, do they take into account future RMD and what the well, taxes and right, IRMA well, adjustments? I would and, say it, it, it can calculate a future tax, but it, what it doesn't do is a good tax different types. It can do the compliance, but it, it doesn't do a good job on the planning. Right, of how do I create the income tax efficiently to cover those expenses so maybe my money will last even longer. Right, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but... Um, so we'll t- we'll talk about that, and then uh, and and maybe we'll end up by 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 going through some of the um, you know some examples of what I mean by saying if you're getting caught up in the shock lines, whether you're on the DIY internet or just getting one of the financial magazines or even reading the financial pages of the of one of our newspapers. The idea is, is that issue that the author is addressing, is that an issue for you? And part of that is, well, are you in the upper, middle, or lower economic status? Does it really matter what status I'm in? I'd rather know how does it apply to my number personally, because I don't category. Well, maybe. I'm going to get some of that. Get us started here. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, financial news, and make you aware of issues, opportunities, and potential problems. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team that is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been helping people for more than 36 years. And although we are known for traditional financial planning, modeling, projections, number crunching, and objective unbiased analysis, and we help people see where they're headed, can they create income tax efficiently? Do they know how much risk they should be taking? We don't do in the investments, but we do look at assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. And we don't care if our clients do the investments on their own, keep their 401k or company plan or work with their existing investments investment advisor, we're open to doing that. I mean, as much as our planning and is about modeling and numbers and saving money and taxes and making better choices to put more money in your pocket, it's also about making better choices. It's about clarity. It's about peace of mind, what you can do realistic spending and what's possible. And our role is to help people know what needs to happen, what steps they should take to achieve their goals, and then help people through difficult times. Um, you said earlier, the estate planning team's been around more than 36 years. Mark and I have been with a company more than 26 now, and we've been fortunate to see clients through different stages of their financial life, whether it's preparing for retirement, loss of a spouse, and then helping their children through the passage and, you know, helping with the estate transfer and intergenerational planning. And we've, as much as planning is about the numbers, we've been there and help people show you know, the retirement date, a lot of people are afraid to retire because they're worried about the economy or they're worried about the market. And it makes us feel good when we can tell people, you know, you don't have to work anymore or you don't have to work at your job that you hate. And I had someone tell me that they felt as good about going to their job as they do going to the dentist and getting a root canal. Ouch. So maybe, you know, well, then let's figure out based on the spending you want to do and your retirement goals, maybe you don't have to, you know, 
um, work at that job. Maybe you can work part time for five years or whatever amount of time that we can show you that you don't have to live this life. You can make another choice, right. or we, maybe you don't have to work at all. We've had a, we've helped a lot of clients, Gary. You know, transition from that sixty hour a week, you know, doggy day world that right. they hate to a more of what the hobby type career right. or, you know, something that they like doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people's dream, you know, is saying, I want to do something as my encore career. Sometimes we call mm-hmm. that, but something that I like to do. As a matter of fact, if you are good at your hobby, a lot of times that can lead to a hobby career, because if you're good enough at what you do, chances are you, you, you can get paid for showing somebody else how to do it. But even though, I mean, there's some people that want to work at Home Depot or Lowe's and, right. or pick a store that you like to get discounts from, you know, whatever that is. And that makes us feel really good to tell people or we have couples that, you know, they're OK with their spouse stop working or. You know, when when we've been through the clients through when their spouse starts getting sick and how to keep things in order. And unfortunately, when we work with our clients who've lost a spouse, it's often the case, not always, it's the non-financial spouse um, is left and they don't know how to do a lot of things. And we do a lot of handholding and help them know so there's nothing missed. So as much as it is about the numbers, it's about caring. And, and I think we, we do a great job of taking really good care of our clients and helping them through good and bad times. And I love when we also can tell people, you know, they can afford that new home scenario. I know we have a few clients now that are, you know, building homes out of state, you know, and it's fun when we get to the point because we've run worst case scenarios that they can show them, you know, even on a worst case, you could still do this and you're going to be okay and never run out of money. And those are things we do for our client. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation if people want to see about our process and how we're different. And you can do that by phone or in person by giving us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. If you leave a message, we will call you back on Monday, or you can visit us on the website, financialfoodforthought.com. On the website, I have the two planning classes that are posted in September. It is, I'm calling the IRA Tax Qualified Asset and Roth Planning planning (laughs) Classes. Basically, if you're 59 you're and a half or older. calling it the wealth gap class? No. Okay. If you're 59 and a half or older and have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, even if you're already taking minimum required distribution, you may want to attend this class too. We have September 12th at the Middleburg Heights Community Center at 10 a.m. And September 20th at 6 p.m. at the Interstate Plaza Building, also in Middleburg Heights. We do ask that you pre-register. We do have limited seating, but we want to make sure that we have enough handouts for everyone as well. Register early. I already have people signed up for both that just saw it on the website. Or when they were calling and we were letting people know about it, um, you can, again, call 440-239-2090 for the free consultation or to register or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And these will probably be the only classes we're doing this year. Mm -hmm, Because then we'll get into Mark Urine planning. Right. Um, So the classes are good. If you've never been to one of our classes, most of the responses, wow, that's not what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it, it, it's this is something completely different than what I've not. Well, heard I think, before. Mark, you really talk about planning strategies, concepts, examples of what we're talking about. Right, and and also a period of we we do uh, take questions, mm-hmm. and that's why we try to keep the the crowd size limited so people feel they have an opportunity to ask a right. question, um, and that and that I think that helps the learning process. 
Um, okay, so let me quickly go over the inflation figures because the, there's a lot of news about inflation. There's a lot of news about Bidenomics. Um, you know, did you hear that President Biden this week? He said he's he's now uh, he wish he hadn't named it the Inflation Reduction right, Act because it wasn't it really didn't do anything for inflation. Well, thanks, thanks, Joe. <laughs> Not that any of us were calling out that and when it when it first came out, right? Um, right, we everybody knew it had nothing to do with inflation reduction. It had everything to do with the green economy. Um, but what he's saying is that. It's it's more that it it doesn't get enough impact on what it's going to do to the overall economy. I mean, it, it it's more just stimulus. In other words, how many running any any orange barrels lately, Carrie? Yeah. Holy cow. Um. Yeah. So it. It's, yeah, but I still want to know where all the money is. You know, have you seen the articles about they don't know where all this money went? Like <sighs> that's not accounted for. I forgot how many. Billion of dollars. They mean the hundred billion that went to Ukraine, Carrie. Well, then there's some eight billion I heard they can account for, and I can't remember what it was for. But I read this and I think, oh my gosh. So, but but now the the Democrats, including President Biden, are now kind of shaking their head and saying, well. How will we get, you know, what is this? What, what does America call about, <laughs> care about, right? Because they, they, you know, they Nothing keep getting that upset. Our politicians. They, yeah. It's like, really? You don't know. But anyways, so now some of the, the Democrats are scratching their heads and saying, well, maybe it's not the economy anymore, stupid. Remember James Carville, great, you know, when he was Bill Clinton's advisor, remember he came out that great line. It was in 1992, whatever, when he's saying, you know, it's the economy, stupid. That's what voters vote on. Well, and that's what kind of the Democrats are saying. Look at the, the economy is doing okay. Look at the stock market returns. Look at inflation's right. coming down. We'll look at that here in a second. Um, you know, unemployment is still low. Um, there's still, you know, if you want a job, you can go out and get one. Right. Um, it, you know, what, why is, you know, why isn't there more excitement? Well, because I think we have bigger issues. I mean, we have one government spending on things. We have border crisis. We still have an opioid problem. I mean, we don't talk about very often. I mean, there's some big issues in our country. So Bidenomics. So is it, you know, and again, I keep saying, I don't know if it's Bidenomics that's reducing inflation or not the Federal Reserve. I mean, quite frankly, right. it's the Federal Reserve that is is is, is the one's job is is it the, the you know, price stability. Um, so, so we got CPI data for July and we'll look at, you know, I, I the best way I can, sh- you know, give you the trend is by giving you a history, right? Of the month, you know, and, and there's two, there's headline CPI right. and then there's core CPI. Of course, core excludes uh, food and energy. But again, core is what, you know, when there's adults in the room, they're looking at core because if you just look at, headline the, the the food volatility is is too crazy and and the gas the oil prices are too volatile so it's really hard um to to do that so that's why and federal reason and then each one of those categories headline and core then you can look at annual year over year versus a more recent reading which is what has happened in the last 30 days right um so if we start with headline and we look annualized year over year so July came in at 3.2%. Now, mm. if we go back, you know, that's off the peak, Carrie, which was right. last last June, right? When it was 9.1%, right? So, you know, but starting from June of last year, okay, what has the headline annual year-over-year percentage been? So in last June, 
it was 9.1, then last July, 8.5, then 8.3, then 8.2, then 7.7, then 7.1. It ended the year at 6.5. Okay, January was 6.4, February 6, March 5, April 4.9, May 4, June 3, and now July ticked back up a little bit to 3.2. But that's not terrible i mean it's just a so the trend is you know downward but you said a feather i mean it's peaked it's it's you know it's it it, it's not going to be straight down and and the federal reserve has also always said and as well as economists saying it's one thing to get from the nine percent down to the four percent it's quite another thing to get down from the four percent to their target two percent that's the tough part Right. Okay. Um, now, if we look at um, the monthly, so for the latest month, 30 days, it came in at 0.2. Previous June was 0.2. May's was 0.1. April's was 0.4. March was 0.1. February was 0.4. Very jagged. You know, it's up and down. You know, and, and so the monthly. But, it, you know, it's it, now. So, it is saying that well, that's why we're still saying that inflation has peaked. It's not at Fed's target, nor will it be there, uh, you know, quite soon. But let's look at the Fed's preferred core, right? You know, that excludes food and energy. Okay, so what did that come in? So annual for July came in at 4.7, better than the previous June of 4.8, which is better than May's 5.3. So just I'll just go back to the beginning of the year. So January, oh, it ended last year at 5.7. Okay, then January was 5.6. February was 5.5. March was 5.6. April was 5.5. May was 5.3. That was the stickiness, right? It was just, stay, it was real sticky. Um, and, the, and then in June, we saw a, a considerable drop to 4.8. And now July is continuing that drop to 4.7. If we look at the um, if we look at the monthly core CPI, okay, um, for July it was zero point two, about the same as the previous month zero point two, which is lower than the previous month of zero point four. So if we just did a ninety day rolling average, or you know, in other words, saying well, how has core um, CPI been over the last 90 days. So we've got, uh, we've got 0.4, 0.2, and 0.2. Okay. So that's what 0.8 annualized. That's about a 3.2%. That's what the economists, that's what, that's what helped the stock market, you know, because they're saying, well, maybe we're getting a handle. Maybe the Fed's medicine is working because we've got a 90 day annualized at 3.2. It's not at two, but it certainly right. sounds a lot better than nine. Right. Um, or actually, you know, what was the peak of core? Um, so, yeah, core never got up to nine. The peak of core really last September was six point six. So, you know, it, it's um, so now now we also got the PPI and that's the producer price index. That's more of what. Um, you know, how much manufacturers get for their products, Gary, right? Before mm-hmm. it gets to you and I who buy it off the shelf. Um, and okay, so that, that's coming down too. Uh, you know, so July annualized, it was 0.8. 
Okay. Um, and that's the first time it's been below one, you know, a long, long time. Um, you know, and, and so, well, well, remember last month there was a big revision. June originally came in at like over two, but then they revised it to 0.2. So actually looking at the revised June number, it's, it's again, it's peaked up a little bit since the revised June, but again, uh, headline, PPI at the beginning of the at the end of last year was like six point four percent. So we've gone from six point four down to zero point eight. That's surely it certainly shows a trend downward. Um, and then on the uh, core PPI again came in at annualized two point seven, tick up a little bit from the previous. Well, again revised last month was two point seven. Previous to that, it was 2.9, you know, ended last year at 4.7. So, again, you've gone from last, you know, the, the monthlies, again, and an annualized, it's showing the trend downward. Um, now, a lot of people say, well, Mark, I don't even believe those government figures. I think inflation is, and this is driven by the DIY, right. which we're saying, oh, inflation is much higher than what they're telling us. Okay, then let's build a plan with a higher, what do you think we should use? We'll model it in. That's what we do at the estate planning team. If you want to use, I, I can tell you this much, if you want to use 10% inflation, right. you're not going to have a very, you're not going to be very pleased when I show you the results. And here's the thing, maybe you think it's not going to be forever that way, but we could certainly run 10 for the next couple of years and taper it down. But even before that, Carrie, sometimes we'll make the recommendation is, you know, why don't you calculate your personal inflation rate? Which is going to be more realistic. Maybe that's a better. And a lot mm -hmm. of people say, well, Mark, I don't know how to do that. Okay. Well, we've been doing it for clients for 30 right. years. And basically, and that's the, that's one of the benefits you get if you have a detailed financial plan. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what might you not, that's what you might not have because you never really put the effort to it when your investment advisor ran you a Monte Carlo analysis. That really didn't leave you any decision making mode. All right. Um, and, and, and the idea is saying that, and the start of that is you need to break down your essential daily living expenses from the other expenses that don't neatly fit into that category. For example, there are some expenses that you have that aren't going to be every year ongoing. You don't buy a new automobile every year. But that doesn't mean that you run a financial model assuming that you never buy another automobile. That's not very realistic. Um, you can also, we can talk about there's certain, you know, when we actually build a financial planning model, we, the inflation that we use is dependent, it's based on the characteristic of the expense. Right. Healthcare may have a different one. Travel, now everybody feels differently. I'd be inclined to keep it within a budget every year, even if it means I make different choices. Other people say, no, I like to go this place. It's probably going to go up. So we're going to add some inflation. Right. And, and again, that, that's a, that's an ongoing argument that you have to make your own decision. But this, th th you could say that any expense has a discretionary element to it. I guess, Carrie, right? You could just say, well, I'm not going to buy, I'm going to cut out half the groceries I buy. But yeah, but it, is that really realistic? Yeah, I, you I mean, may make different choices about what you buy, but... Right. But when it comes to pure or discretionary, like I don't know if everybody bases how much they're going to spend on Christmas gifts based on the CPI. 
Um, or, you, you know, again. Or you just cut gifts. It, right. Or, or if like it's family gifting. I give my kids X amount of dollars. I don't. But if I did, you know, then it would be like, well, maybe I need to cut my annual family gifting a lot. Or your travel example. Let's say you build a model saying when you get into retirement, you want to up your travel and you want to budget $15,000 a year for travel. Right. Um, or maybe for you, that may be 5000 a year. Or maybe it's a bucket list. You don't do a bucket list every year. But what my point is, let's say we plan, you are using today's prices and you think that you, you know, let's say you use $10,000, but by the time you get there, that trip that you were thinking you would get for 10,000 was really going to cost 14,000. Right. Well, you still can say, I'm not going to do that trip. I'm going to do my trip at 10,000. Right. You find another trip. But everybody feels differently right. about that. But you can't really do that with your real estate taxes, right? Right. You know, I mean, that's the point. Um, and then there's some expenses that don't go up at all with inflation. Uh, I mean, you may have a fixed mortgage. Mm-hmm. You, you may have a, a life insurance premium that doesn't go up. Um, you, you know, so, so you have to get realistic. But anyways, back to calculating your personal inflation. So if you've got a history, if you've done the work, if you've started building a financial model, now it's a working tool for you. So for example, for our clients, that's what we can do. We can say, well, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, this is what you said you were going to, you know, this is what we had budgeted for expenses. And I'm just going to throw everybody's figure out, Carrie, $60,000. Okay. Okay. Um, And let's say now we're, you know, the year's done. And now we're looking in the rear view mirror and we actually say, well, actually over the last 12 months, you spent 63,000. Right. Okay. Well, the difference, 3,000, let's say, um, divided by the 60,000. Right. That's a 5% increase. So we could say your real personal inflation rate was 5%. Right. Now that's just down and dirty on the radio, but the idea is... That's how, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to calculate my own personal inflation rate. That's how you do it. Right. You look at your utility bills over one year right. before, and then what are they now? You need a starting point, an ending point. And, and what's a, the difference? And assuming it's 12 months, if it's if you only have six months data, you got to double it to annualize right. it. Um, but that's how you would do it. Now, how much detail do you want to do? You want to do that for every one of your expenses? It's I just did it on the total. Um, but that's, you know, so maybe that is a better way to do it mm-hmm. than just say, well, I don't believe the CPI numbers because it just saying, and it really translates to what your real spending is, what choices you're making. And it's also not getting too caught up in the shock lines right? because there's a lot of people who will get, remember, I mean, I, we don't hear it. Thankfully, the not hyperinflation, too much. The hyperinflation. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I think the shock lines have realized that's way too uh, unrealistic to mm-hmm. use that term anymore. I haven't seen that. No, term. I haven't either. I think they finally real. Maybe enough people complained about it and said, you really got to stop using the word hyperinflation because we're nowhere near that. Um, all right. So, so that's, that's how we deal with inflation. One is, yeah, you always, first of all, do a good job of breaking down your expenses. Ones that we're going to say you really, you know, the essential expenses where you have to deal with inflation. Like, again, if your real estate taxes go up, you kind of got to pay the price. Um, 
other expenses that don't fit into that category where you can control the inflation and, you know, or not. Um, and then also then keep track. So you have a history that you can calculate your own personal inflation. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation. We'll show you our process, how we're different, and we'll only recommend our services if you can actually benefit. We have both hourly and comprehensive retainers um, if we can help you. And you can take advantage of that free consultation at 440-239-2090. And we'll actually run preliminary numbers if you provide us information based on your information. And by the way, if you have IRAs or company plans, part of the free analysis just for scheduling. We're going to show you how much money is earmarked for the government, how much you get to spend, how much is left over your lifetime if you follow minimum required distribution. Um, So take advantage of the free consultation. Make sure you sign up early for our IRA tax qualified asset and Roth planning classes. If you're 59 and a half or older and have these assets, we'll talk about the Secure Act 1.0 and clarification, the Secure Act 2.0 rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, Roth contributions versus Roth conversion rules and techniques, qualified charitable distributions, Lots of good information on, and those classes are September 12th at 10 a.m. or September 9th or September 20th at 6 p.m. Both are in Middleburg Heights. Details are on the website, free to attend, but we do ask that you pre register. That is 440 239 2090, or visit us at com. All right, listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co owners of the estate planning team, and the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we've done lots of classes. And so the difference between the classes and coming in for a free consultation is that at the class, you're just going to get an example of, like you had mentioned, Carrie, if you just follow the government's plan, for, you know, the required minimum right. distribution plan. For a free consultation, we're actually using your numbers. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little bit more uh, personal and, and maybe a little bit more informative. Um. All right. So, Carrie. So this this what I'm calling this wealth gap, or you know, combine that with rookie retirement mistakes or the averages. It, you know, it, it breaks it down and saying, yeah, you, you you the who is the middle class anymore? Or do you some of these shock lines? Do you need to be worried about it based on your economic status? And and I'll try to give. So let me go through some examples here. So this is um, one of the think tanks. You know, just recently came out, and this is Pew, and everyone knows. You know, you know Pew, Carrie, right? They mm-hmm. they do great work. Um, and so they're saying they're going to break it down between upper, lower, and the middle. Okay. So, and in terms of a household of three, Carrie, okay, and the income, okay? Okay. So, income, household of three, they say the upper class is anything greater than 156600 a year, okay? They deem to be upper class. Okay. Um, the middle class, they're saying is 52200 to that 156600 Okay. And then they're saying the lower status class is anything below 52,200. All right. So that, you know, so that's one measure. Um, and 
what they're and they also and clearly everybody realizes this is this this wealth gap has just widened for the last really 40 years but it's really carrie it's even been more widened by the great recession you know the 2008 right. financial you know recession um so, for example, Pew points out that the uh, the wealthiest households are the only ones to have seen gains in wealth after the start of the Great Recession. Between 2007 and 2016, the medium net worth of the top 20% increased 13% okay. to $1.2 million. Okay. Meanwhile, they say the lowest earners saw their wealth decrease by at least 20% over that time period, okay? Um, and they're saying, so the result is that the wealth gap between America's richest and the poorest families has grown more than doubling between 1989 and 2016. Hmm. That's the problem, right? Um, but, you know, so if we look at, um, and just to say what that lower class is, you know, that I'm saying they, they put that 52,200 as that lower bar, you know, household of three making under that. Um, they're saying this group is a pretty significant amount of the U.S. population, about 38% of the households carry. Hmm. Okay. Have less than $50,000 of income in 2021. All right. Um, so now, let, so the question is, are you shopping at Macy's? No. Target? Is Target middle carry? I don't is know. Is Kohl's I don't, middle? I is think, Walmart lower? You know, I, can, I would say Walmart's lower, but I think Kohl's and Target have gone up. So, like, I'm I'm pretty frugal. So they're middle. So, so I think, yeah, I think Kohl's have gone up considering the last two years. You think years. Kohl's is upper? No, I don't think it's upper. I think it's middle. Okay, so Macy's, they Kohl's. They used to have really good sales, Target's Kohl's. in between? Maybe, lower and middle? yeah, probably. I would think Target's a little bit pricier than, definitely pricier than Walmart. But not pricier than Kohl's. No, I don't think so. I stopped looking when they. So Macy's, Kohl's, or Walmart, I guess you could right. say, are you shopping at, right? Um, and, all right. Well, so, Kara, let's just play a little issue here. So let me read you, uh, and this is all, you know, what's, what, is being pushed at everyone on the internet regarding this retirement planning and the averages and stuff like that. Um, so I'll give you an issue, Carrie. Okay. And you, you let me know if you think this is a upper class issue, mm -hmm. a middle class issue, okay. or a lower class issue. Okay. Okay. Contributing less to your 401k than your company matches. Lower, middle. Yeah, I would definitely say the upper is already doing that, right? Right, I'd say middle and lower. I would say lower aren't doing it. Right, but I'm saying middle, middle or I could see depending on where your expenses are. Okay. Um, having too much money in your 401k. Upper. That's an upper class right. issue, right? Is that a, an issue at all for a lower class? No. No. Middle class? Mm, no, I don't think so. Maybe if you're on the upper right. end of the middle class. Um, not understanding how retirement taxes work. I think that could be across the board, but I'm going to say lower middle. But we've seen upper that. Oh, I, I see. Here, I this is across. where we differ. Okay. I say this is an upper upper class issue. Okay. I think the lower class doesn't have to worry about income taxes. Okay. 
Middle, I think, yes, have to worry about right. this. But I think this is an upper class issue. Okay. Meaning that they don't realize how much taxes. Right. Well, I would say they are. Well, okay. Okay. Um, forgetting to factor in health care expenses. I'd say across the board, but it's less of an issue for upper because if you have a lot of money, you have less to worry about. I agree. I would say, well, okay. So what did you say, Carrie, on that? I'd say across the board, but I think it's less of a problem for upper, but I think most people don't factor in health care. Okay. See, I, I take a, I don't think that's an upper class issue. They have enough to pay for health care. Right. But I still think they need to be aware. And if they're getting in the Irma traps. Oh, and, if they're getting in the Irma traps. Right. That so, could but be I'm it. saying middle, definitely it's a middle class right. issue. Lower, I don't think it's an issue. You know why, Carrie? They're probably going to be on Medicaid. Okay. Um, so these are things, so I'm going to keep, I'll come up with some more of these, um, as we go forward in the the next few shows. All right. So we've got a few minutes left. Carrie had to depart. She's doing mom things. So I'll finish out today's show and just, we'll be talking more about, this idea of how the wealth gap in this country, what I see of doing this, helping Cleveland families build financial plans for over 30 years, the idea is how I'm more and more today than ever before, I have to first get the prospect or the new client zeroed in on what they need to be worried about and what they don't need to be worried about. And I'm not talking about the things that the estate planning team doesn't do. We're not attorneys. We don't prepare legal documents. We're, we're not investment advisors. We don't manage any client's assets. So many people are caught up in that. And that's an important part, but that's not what we do. I'm more dealing with things that people, that new clients are coming in and they've read something, they heard something, and they're trying to say, hey, I, that's what I'm worried about. And we're kind of going to reel them back in and say, well, Actually, no, that's not what you're worried about. Or they missed that story that they need to be worried about. And the Internet isn't helping a whole lot. So here's Susie Orman. And again, everybody knows who Susie Orman is. So this is one of her recent shock lines. Americans are dangerously unprepared. Um, Because her company survey reveals that 67% of them can't cover a $400 emergency expense. Further, their survey says that 54% of the respondents say their savings has decreased over the last year. Okay. Now, I don't think if you're in the middle or upper class status that you need to be worried that you can't come up with a $400 emergency expense. All right. Um, Now, but you could ask yourself this question, no matter what status you're in, has your savings decreased in the last 12 months? And that could be cross status, across economic status. Um, Because again, a lot of stimulus money 
A lot of people got those stimulus checks. A lot of people stayed home and didn't spend money and build up a cash reserve. A lot of people were very concerned that the world was ending with the Rona. So they were saving. They got into that savings mode. Then we had the beach ball bounce recovery. We had the revenge spending. And and now all of a sudden, everyone's realizing, wow, all the built-up cash reserves have now been depleted. Well, has yours been depleted? How about retirement? You're, you're trying to plan on when you can retire. Um, you know, the idea that, and this, I think, is one that goes across economic status, is that everybody, I don't care how much money you're making, everybody is worried about running out of money before life. We see that clearly no matter what economic status they're in, upper, middle, or lower. So that that's just because typically you... As as American or you know Americans as humans, we tend to raise our lifestyle when our income goes up. So even though you know we have estate planting clients who are making million dollars a year, not too many, but some are, and they're worried about retiring. And partly the reason is not because of the spending that they're doing; it's that everybody else is on that gravy train. Their kids, their grandkids. Um, so yeah, so that's sometimes the the issue is that if you've created a certain amount of lifestyle and you want to maintain that lifestyle as you go into retirement, well, you know how much of a nest egg do you need if that lifestyle costs five hundred, eight hundred thousand a year in my million dollar income example? So that's that's why th- that issue crosses the board now. Warren Buffett, I think everybody has heard of him. So he, you know, he's he has an interesting take on when you can retire or tips of knowing you retire. And and it's just like it's it's really you have to read this, think about this a couple of ways. But he says that you will work until you die if you can't find a way to make money while you sleep. Again. You will work until you die if you can't find a way to make money while you sleep. Now, I believe what he's referring to there is that, you know, if if you've done a good job of building a nest egg, of saving, and the idea of compounding interest, of dividend-paying issues, you know, things like that, now, you know, we can talk about that we have this fixed rate boom right now where you can get CDs paying four or five percent or, um, you know, multi-year guaranteed annuities paying, you know, four or five percent or the idea of uh, a pension, annuitizing, creating yourself pension. The idea that even if, you know, you're not working nine to five, but yet you've got money being earned. Okay. And that's, that's that concept. Um, so you can go now. All right. So these are some of the things we'll be talking about at the, uh, our classes coming up in September. And if you want more information on that, just call our offices 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or just visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com. And what are some of the other things that we'll be talking about 
and things that are in the booklet that everybody takes home with them. Well, we'll certainly, um, you know, be talking about the concept about, you know, IRA distribution planning or, you know, it's not always about deferring as long as you can. You know, when we first started in the industry, it was always, oh, defer, defer, defer. And the investment advisors love that because if you never took out more from the account that they're managing than what you're required to under RMDs, they were very happy because if, if they were growing your portfolio and getting a percentage return on the, on the size of it, um, it, you know, that worked out very well for them, but that's not maybe the best case for you. And certainly not if you're in that uppercase status, you can find that the required minimum distribution can really be a tax trap for you. So we'll be talking about that. Um, we'll be going over the tax wrappers, you know, which is the beginning understanding about, you know, the, the character, how you own your assets, whether it's in, you know, what we call non-qualified investments, you know, that, that, or the most expensive, you know, things that you own or wages that are, you know, taxed at ordinary income. We can then talk about the tax deferred. Um, and, and how, you know, the required minimum distributions affect that. Certainly what Secure Act 1 and Secure Act 2.0 have done to that category and a lot of confusion about, well, when is my required minimum distribution? Or if you, you, if you think you're in a good, maybe you've already inherited an IRA or you think you will be inheriting an IRA, what the rules are for that. Um, We'll be talking about the cap, you know, another tax wrapper is the capital appreciation. You know, the idea for those are for the non-qualified investments. That's a step up in basis at death or getting the qualified dividend rate, um, you know, and, and, and deducting losses to offsets other capital gains and the planning around that. And everybody's favorite tax wrapper, the tax free will be, you know, that includes not only the Roth IRAs, it could be tax free municipal bonds. It could be college 529 plans, could be health savings accounts. It could be life insurance. So these are some of the topics that we've got in this class. And again, we try to keep the class size to a a comfortable amount where everybody has an opportunity of acting as asking a specific question. So um, everybody, you know, have a good week and you can call us at the office if you are more interested about getting the class information. Next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.